Well, good morning. Good to see you today. We are excited about this new series we're starting today. We're excited about the 4th of July. Uh, We sang about freedom today, and that's what we celebrate on the 4th. And freedom is not free. And so we want to honor our veterans today who um, just basically serve for our freedom. So if you are a veteran today, if you've served in the military, or you have a family member that's currently serving in the military, would you just stand really quickly? And we want to just honor you today. Let's give them a hand. We want to say thank you for serving and just continue to remember all of uh, our soldiers and armed forces all over the world that defend our freedom. As Steve mentioned earlier, not only is it 4th of July this week, but also Pitnaz at the park. And here's my little challenge to you. Okay? It's complicated. You ready? Invite someone. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's someone that uh, gives you your french fries at McDonald's. Uh, but as he mentioned earlier, there's pony rides. We're going to show uh, the movie Zootopia. There's going to, we're even going to have mist fans there because it's going to be hot. We'll have hot dogs. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun and just a very casual atmosphere. If you've been trying to find an opportunity to invite someone, this is, this is easy. Um, no, if, especially if they have kids. So we encourage you to come out and be a part of that. As I mentioned earlier, we're starting a new series today called Going Live, Faith in Action. And here's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Trusting in who you can't see despite the circumstances that you can see. Trusting in who you can't see despite the circumstances that you can see. Let's say that together. Trusting in who you can't see despite the circumstances that we can see. And that's really what we're talking about today as it relates to faith. And that's what we're going to be unpacking is beginning to not just believe something, but put actions behind it. That's essentially what faith is. As we think about faith, this topic of faith, I was thinking about uh, a faith jump that I took several years ago. Uh, I used to be a youth pastor, for those who maybe are, are new today, actually at this church for ten and a half years, and our teens go to teen camp every summer, which, by the way, we raised $35,000 again this year to send our kids to camp. Let's give God a hand for that. That is awesome. And we just believe in that. And we go to, it's in Shilmon, Missouri at Table Rock, Fun in the Sun. And every year they have all these different things. And one of the things they do, depending on the water level, it's about 35 to 45 foot cliff jump. And when we started doing this, uh, the first couple of years I was able to get out of it because none of the students had really noticed that I hadn't signed up to go do that. And so one one summer, uh, one of the kids, one of the students in my cabin or whatever said, hey, Pastor Kyle, have you ever done the, the, uh, the cliff jump before? And I said, I'm sorry, what? Uh, have you done the cliff jump? I've jumped off of, you know, cliffs before, 10 feet. And uh, he said, no, the one here. And I said, no, I haven't done it. Thank you for noticing. And he said, well, how about you do it with us? And so uh, I gave into peer pressure and the next morning we signed up and And that afternoon came and we got in the boats and it's about a 10 minute drive to where the cliff is to jump off of. And I don't know what anybody was saying because my ears are ringing because I don't like heights. 
And, uh, of course, my wife, she's a big daredevil. She's bungee cord jumped and all that kind of stuff. And so she doesn't understand that. But is anybody in here doesn't like heights? Raise your hand if you don't like heights. Thank you. You are my brothers and sisters. So I've got a death grip on the boat, and we get like 30 yards from the shore uh, where the cliff is, and we have to Navy SEAL die, you know, backwards off into the water, and we swim out to the cliff, and it seems like it's an eternity to get to the top. And I was up there for 49 minutes trying to jump off of this cliff. <clears throat> when we first got up there, the kids said, well, how about you go first? And I said, no, you know, for safety's sake, I think you guys should go first, and I'll make sure that, you know, no one gets hurt. And so the second and third time up, I think the kids figured out that I was scared, and so then they began to mock me. And I was adult enough to say, I don't really care what you think. <clears throat> I don't know how I'm going to get down. <clears throat> and so... After a while, I, I thought, I'm not going to jump. You know, I don't have the faith to jump because I was consumed with fear. And that's oftentimes what happens is we get consumed with fear rather than faith, and so we become polarized. But the guy who was on the cliff, I don't know who he was, I just remember he had a really bad sunburn, and he said this to me. And after he said this to me, it took me about 5, 10 seconds or so, 30 seconds at the most, and I jumped. And here's what he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, hey, Frady Cat, (laughs) if you are waiting for the fear to leave so that you can jump, you might as well go ahead and jump because the fear is not going to go away. And I jumped. And I decided that's the last time I'm going to (laughs) jump. Actually, believe it or not, I jumped seven times after that that day. And I share that with you today because that's what we're talking about is faith. And many of us in the midst of things, maybe, you know, as I always mention, there's all these different topics that could be going on in your family and in your life. It could be marriage. It could be loss. It could be finances, you know, crisis, physical ailments, whatever it is today. We can get so consumed with fear that we're not able to do what God calls us to do. And this series is moving away from that and saying that I trust God and I believe God and I believe in who he is more than I trust and believe in the circumstances. The writer of Hebrews says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. Faith is confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us assurance of the things that we can't see. Now, Jesus talked a lot about faith. And he said, if we have faith as small as a mustard seed, and then anything that we ask um, and we believe in faith, we can receive it. But at the same time, sometimes it's hard to trust. And it's hard to believe. In fact, if we're allowing fear to be the motivating factor in our lives... It's going to be really hard because what we can see can sometimes be pretty daunting. In fact, some of us in here today, what you see right now just seems like it's hopeless. But but James says, and if you don't know who James is in the book of James, that's really where we're going to be home base for this series. If you want to look at something to read over the next few weeks, James was a half-brother of Jesus, and James watched Jesus demonstrate faith. He didn't just say it. He demonstrated and and did what he said he was going to do. 
And so James had understood suffering and trials, not only for Jesus, but for all the disciples. And he says, dear brothers and sisters, meaning not just anybody that was around, but those who who claim to be followers. He said, when troubles come, not if you've heard me say this before, when troubles of any kind come your way, rather than looking at them as a negative, nasty, this stinks experience, I want to challenge you to look at these the same way that Jesus, my half-brother, looked at them. And he says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Several years ago, several, several years ago, Our church had a secretary, and some of you who've been around a while may know. Her name was Esther Thornburg, and Esther had breast cancer, and everybody began to practice this scripture that we read right here, Hebrews. We we prayed with confidence, and we, we hoped, and we did all the things that we were supposed to do, much like we've done before. And, you know, there's times where we see God actually heal and 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 restore. But then there's times like in Esther's case where we applied what Hebrews is talking about and we began to just really reach out to God and say, God, heal her. And for whatever reason, according to our definition of healing, that didn't happen. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm also not dumb. There was probably some people that were kind of angry about that. In the church. And I'm probably butchering this story, but I'm pretty sure that after Esther passed, they were going through some stuff and they found some articles, or some not articles, but some letters that she had written. And she talked about this joy that you see up on the screen. And despite the cancer and despite the prayers and despite the fact that things weren't going the way that we had hoped for and even in in losing Esther, she praised God and continued to have great joy because just like what we talked about on Easter, having a resurrected perspective, Esther had a resurrected perspective despite the cancer. And faith begins with a resurrected perspective, a belief that no matter what, I am choosing to follow you. And James says, not only is it an opportunity for joy, let me tell you why. He gives clarity, and Esther lived out that clarity. He said, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to what? To grow. Well, isn't that great? That makes us feel really good, right? Many of us want to throw that out. But, but James is saying here, no, no truthfully. You know how when you lift weights and that last rep's hard to get up? When you're, when you're dealing with stuff that's hard and it's hard to lift and you trust me, it grows your faith and your endurance. He says, so instead of rejecting it and saying, why? Why, God? Now, I'm just preaching what the Word says. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm the greatest at this. I'm telling you what James is saying. He says, let it grow. Because instead of screaming, why, when you just trust your endurance, your faith, your, your belief in God. You know, some of us say, I wish I had faith like them. I wish I had prayer life like them. I wish I could, I wish I could, I wish I could sing like them. I wish I had that faith. Well, James says we can all have it. All we have to do is let it grow because when it's, when we, it's fully developed, we will be perfect and complete needing what? Nothing. In other words, what, what James is saying is, is that God uses trouble 
to develop our spiritual fitness. Everybody's into CrossFit right now, right? God uses, he doesn't cause difference. God uses troubles to develop our spiritual fitness. That's what this is talking about. And he goes on to say that what that means is that we choose joy over fear despite whatever circumstance is coming our way. Now, Kyle, that's really easy to talk about. That's a completely different thing to live out. And yet, we see Jesus do it, and yet when you're thinking in your mind of people that you admire because of their faith, you've probably, the reason you admire them is not because they have faith when things are hard, but you, you look back and you see where they had faith in the midst of their fear. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is just having a little bit more faith than you have fear. So I want to share with you for just a couple of minutes some things that we need to know about faith. The first is what we really believe will be revealed by our actions. Let's say that together. What we really believe will be revealed by our actions. You see, real faith begins with putting trust in the Lord. Now, now, now hear this. Real faith. I'm not saying that I always have real faith, but I've seen it. And I hope that I continually get better at this. But real faith begins with putting trust in the Lord above everyone else and everything else. Solomon obviously tells us, trust in the Lord with all of our what? Our heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. <clears throat> what is your understanding? What's, what's my understanding? That your marriage is in trouble, that your finances are in trouble, that the doctor's report isn't what you want it to be, that you're lonely, you're your husband or your, <clears throat> your wife passed away or your child passed away or something's happened and your understanding is you want to go in a hole. But having faith in God is not that you're always out of the cave, but that you refuse to believe there's not a light at the end of the tunnel if you're in the middle of the cave and you can't even see it. <clears throat> you see, real faith endures when trouble comes. <clears throat> For better or worse, right, we say... For richer or poor, in sickness and in health. And my other ring, before I gained weight, on the inside of it said, Till death do us part. Our relationship with God is no different. It's saying that I choose to follow God regardless. For those of us who have a Facebook account, many of us have probably witnessed or been on Facebook and seen lately. Uh, Megan Moss's story, the girl who um, had heart transplant several years ago and passed away this last weekend delivering her baby. Raise your hand if you've seen that on Facebook. Several of you have. If you haven't, uh, her name's Megan. And Megan was actually in our youth group when Whitney and I were in St. Louis. 
I think in like 2011, Megan came and shared her story here. And just to give you the real fast version, not to bore you, um, Megan was just an awesome girl. And she was probably 12, 13, 14 years old. And she got a virus much like any of us would get. The difference was this virus attacked her heart. And for the doctors and nurses in here, I'm probably butchering it. But basically it was like myocarditis or something like that. And essentially what happens is this virus attacks her heart. And so she began to take medicine to offset that. And that medicine worked for about seven years. And then it just didn't work anymore. And through a series of events and a bunch of different things, the end and short of it was that she ended up going into congestive heart failure and um, they, she needed a heart transplant. And in the midst of all of that, you know, they, they, Wayne and Kathy, which are her parents and her family, are what I considered even before this whole thing happened, just people of faith. I mean, stories that I could tell you that their family went through and did and just amazing. But this time it was their daughter and, and Megan um, got really sick. In fact, she got so sick that they put her on basically a mechanical pump of some kind and and basically, it could last two to three days. And then after that, if they didn't have a heart, then she wasn't going to make it. That mechanical pump actually lasted seven days. And on the seventh day, um, she developed a really bad pneumonia. And so she's obviously really sick. And the doctor basically said, even if a heart came in today, we can't really give it to her because she has pneumonia and they didn't say it this way, but essentially we're not going to waste an organ on someone who is, it's, you know, you're too sick. And so that same day, um, we were having an event called Max at Mid-America, and I was a youth pastor there. There was a bunch of kids there along with other people. And Josh, who was also in my youth group, came out on the court and grabbed the microphone and said, you don't know me, not all of you know me, you don't know my story, but I want to tell you about my cousin Megan. She's an amazing person, and told him the story and said, I want you to begin to pray that her, two things, one, that her pneumonia would go down and two, that she can have a heart. And Megan shared about how she felt bad about that later because someone else died so that she could have that heart. But in the end, people all over the country through social media and whatnot were praying and the doctor said, you're too sick to receive it and that's the situation. And Wayne, her dad, marched around her bed seven times and all this stuff. And about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, her fever went down a lot, which was not really normal. I would say it was divine. And then the doctor came in and said, I don't know why, but your fever's going down, so if we can find a heart, you could receive one. And they began to pray the second half, God, would you find us a heart? And about 9 o'clock that night, they got word that there was a heart, and the heart was a match. And they put the heart in her chest. And Megan's story went all over Facebook, and there, there was a billboard in St. Louis, and there was just all this awesome stuff. And Megan came to our church, along with a lot of other churches, and this story was great. And we could put a big red bow on it and say, God is good, Jehovah Jireh, God provides faith, you know, all this. Seven years later, Megan decides she wants to have a family. Doctors weren't really keen on that as a heart transplant you know, patient, but she believed again in faith, right? In faith. And so she got pregnant, and, and uh, 
things went fairly well. I know there's some complications along the way, but for the most part, it went really well. And then <clears throat> this last weekend, Megan delivered a beautiful baby girl. And that is, that's Megan. I don't know what time that was, but she delivered the baby at like 2.30 in the morning. And uh, they had about six hours together, and they were talking about the future and all of that. And Megan um, went into a coma around 9 a.m., and she passed away uh, around 10 a.m. And doctors are not even sure now if it was related to her heart or not. They're not sure. So what happened to the big red bow? Because, you know, Jesus talked about if you ask, you will receive. And I believe that. We're praying that for Deidre, who, who's dealing with her leukemia situation. You've prayed it. And we've seen it. We've seen people be healed. We've seen God answer and come through and restore a marriage or restore something. But what happens when the big red bow goes away or, or you know, chapter 1, that God heals, and in chapter 2, He doesn't? What do you do with that? I think mature faith says even if... What we hope for doesn't happen. Or even if it does. We still hope in the Lord. I remember before Whitney and I got married, we were talking and... I was just worried. You know, you see people who... I mean, one in two marriages end, right? I think I was talking to my dad or somebody. I don't know who I was talking to. But definitely wit. I said, what if this doesn't work? I've talked to people who said, what if I share my faith and they reject me? And others that say, I'm afraid to pray for healing because if I pray healing over them, what if he doesn't heal them? What if I give something, everything I have, can't do that again see I did that with my husband or my wife I did that with a, a father when I was 12 and he took advantage I, I did that Jesus actually said something like that in the garden of Gethsemane when he said there's another way I'm open to it you could take this cup from me God I'd be okay with that but even if you want me to go through with this I will faith is saying that even if you answer or even if you don't no matter what my faith is in you.
Megan's, uh, Megan's mom, she put something on Facebook the other day that I thought was good, and I want to read it to you. It's actually a, a journal post from when Megan was dealing with things the first time around. And Megan's mom said, earlier this morning, <clears throat> I went to Megan's old blog post as I kept remembering her quote during her heart transplant journey. Through this, Megan said, I demonstrate, I want to demonstrate that Christ is enough, come what may. And below is her account of what, of how and how and why it meant so much. Come what may, she said. Through this, I demonstrate that Christ is enough, come what may. This has been my favorite quote for a while now. It's also the title of my blog, yet I haven't explained what it really means to me. Well, let me, let me explain. I came across this quote somewhere on some site some time ago. And as soon as I read it, I fell in love. Megan says, I read it a few times and each time it meant more to me. Here's the quote. Through this, whatever the situation may be, I want to demonstrate that Christ is enough. He is enough to handle anything. So if he is then... If he is, then come what may. Whatever comes, he can handle. He is worth more than any situation. I found this quote sometime around October of 2009, and I posted it on my Facebook, on my Twitter, and I told a few friends about it. And I wanted to live my life by this quote. I wanted to really rely on Christ through any and every situation through my life. Come what may. And then the end of November... 2009 came and I was diagnosed with severe congestive heart failure and I had to choose I had to choose the attitude that I was going to take towards a situation I had to come to the realization that Christ is worth more than life itself and this simple phrase stuck with me through my entire ordeal it helped me understand Christ really is worth more than life. And instead of focusing on why I'm going through it, why am I going through this, through my life, through everything, I demonstrate that Christ is, she emphasizes, enough. Thank you, Father, for giving me this quote when I needed it the most. Help me to live by it every day. Faith is trusting who you can't see, despite the circumstances that you can see. Some of us in here today, you you desperately want to have a child. We've had people in our family that desperately want a baby. I remember one of them saying, I was on my face. In fact, this song was comforting to them in the midst of that, saying, God, even if you don't, but God... I'm on my face before you. Some of you in here today, you're in the midst of stuff going on. What would it look like, regardless of the outcome, if you just trusted God with everything that you are and everything that God wants to do in you and through you? Imagine what would happen in your life if no matter what, No matter what the situation that comes your way, God is in charge.
In just a minute, we're going to sing a song called Give Me Faith and give you an opportunity to do what you want with that. Just like in the first service, Pastor Jim has said this for 30-some years. However you do your best praying, if that's standing, if that's sitting or kneeling or coming up. But I want us to just take some time today and talk to God and listen to God. The Bible says that he, the Holy Spirit intercedes and groans that our hearts can't understand. And some of us, maybe we just need to let it out. Some of us need to give God praise. Some of us just need to trust him again. Some of us need to stop putting trust and faith in, in a person. And we just need to say yes to God. We'll have a closing at the end of this song. And those who want to leave can leave. But we're just going to let the guys continue to play after that. We had a great time afterwards. Some just stuck around and prayed. If you want to just continue to pray, you can do that. I remember being at General Assembly several years ago and just watching this guy kneeling on his face, just instruments playing, and he's just crying out to God. And I, to this day, don't know what he was praying about, but I was just inspired by that. If you'd like to pray and just let God speak to you, we'd invite you to do that. So you can stand, you can sit. But listen to these lyrics and make them your heart's prayer.
somebody in here that faith for you is trusting what God says about you and trusting who he's called you to be and seeing yourself as good and seeing yourself the way God sees you. Maybe for you, faith is stepping out and saying, I'm going to see myself regardless of my past, what all way that you see me, God. I don't know. So we just continue to worship. If you'd like to go, you can. If you'd like to stay and pray, you can. Lord, bless you. Keep you. The Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. If you'd like to visit, feel free to go out in the lobby. Thank you. We'll see you next Sunday.